Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Keith Smith's going to join the show at 4, Kevin Graham at 4.30, and uh, Bowler will be on with his top of the 5 o'clock hour. Excited to talk to Kevin. It's been a while. It was your idea to bring uh, the, the storm cloud on today. What a perfect day to have Kevin on. <laughs> Most negative person I know. You know, you know how I know how I can improve my day. Bring Kevin on the air. <laughs> it makes it sound like you're like dancing through the petunias to to breathe a little negativity into the atmosphere. That's exactly what we need right now. So, you can, so all our listeners, stay tuned because you don't want to miss out on that. At least Bowler. At least talking to Bowler puts me in a good mood. A bowler, I think, is going to be on the show a bunch on uh, on Friday as well because we're going to be hanging out with uh, DJ Bowler Jack at the store in Salt Lake. So I think Bowler's going to drop by a little bit. That's what I'm told anyway. I don't want to jinx anything. Kevin's one of my favorite people. It's just that uh, you get it, catch him on a bad day, and uh, which is every day. Pass. Uh, All right, let's get out to the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Of course, hearing from 10 to 2 every day here on the Zone Sports Network. Big part of our college football coverage, of course, Hans Olsen with us on the big show. Hello, Hans. Oh, hey, guys. (laughs) Thank you for doing that because I'm in such a bad mood. That at least least made me laugh. (laughs) That was awesome. (laughs) Oh, man. Jake, I heard the the tease before the break, and you were like, Oh, well, I guess we're going to have Hans on afterwards. And oh, then, Gordon, no. then Gordon's like, well, we're going to have Kevin Graham. I'm so excited to hear from Kevin. You're like, well, I guess we'll get through Hans. Oh, uh, no, don't take it personal, buddy. I'm just bummed. I, I, you know what? This is a good place to start. I know you're bummed, too. I mean, I, I want to watch Pac-12 football this fall. I believe it's the right thing to do to have college football this fall. I believe yeah. it could have worked. And I'm frustrated that this is where we're at. So I, I guess that's a good place to start our interview. What are your overall thoughts? Yeah, I'm heartbroken, and I'm really upset. I'm I'm deeply upset, and I'm really confused. And I I know that this cough, this COVID process has left us all confused. But I, I literally just wrapped up. I I was looking at this um, these reports coming out from this Duke epidemiologist, and really the team from Duke that's leading the ACC research on if you can safely play college football. And uh, my guess is these are some very intelligent professionals, and the report was all based on what you can do and how you can do it to have college football. And that's why the ACC and these same officials are directing a lot of the SEC discovery. And I think that's why these guys are holding out saying, oh, our research is showing that we can. So, Jake, there's a lot of anger, a lot of confusion uh, and a lot of sadness because I put myself back in the shoes of those players that are getting that news today, and it's and it's heartbreaking. And so I want to ask you about that since you've had that experience of playing and you know probably better than anyone what those guys are feeling. But before I do, let me express my frustration as far as the way this has been handled from the beginning. 
It's been mishandled. It's been fumbled and bumbled with. And and I'm talking about at a national level. I'm talking about from a, a governmental level straight on through to the NCAA. This thing could have been handled much better than the way it was. And so it's frustrating to consider what the possibilities might have been. I understand it's a complicated process. It's not an easy problem to solve. I get that. But I don't think it's been handled properly, and it bothers me that that's that it's come to that. But now that we're at that state, I don't have a problem with the decisions being made by the Big Ten and the Pac-12 because it's been so screwed up from the beginning. And I'm not talking about just sports. I'm talking about governance as a whole. And I know we don't like to get too political here. But I think the way the NCAA and college football leaders have handled this is a poor reflection of the very same problem that's plagued us nationally. That's my thought. But let me ask you about the athletes involved. Hans, what what do you think is going through their minds right now? Do they understand what they're facing? And are they willing to take their own best interests at heart and postpone their careers for a year? Or are they just bumming and thinking about transferring and hoping to play football somewhere else? Yeah, it just depends on where you're at in your college football playing process. If you're a Redshirt freshman, you're probably sitting back thinking, all right, well, I'll just get bigger and better and try to be back for 2021. If you're a senior right now, you're looking at the possibility of the SEC and and maybe the Big 12 and ACC playing. And, and if I'm good enough, I'm jumping into the portal and I'm going to go try to play somewhere. And um, I, I think that there, there are some that this is the end of the line. That's it. You know, they were borderline NFL guys, but probably needed extra film to even get a camp. And they're guys that that's the thing that nobody sees. Everybody sees game day, but you don't see the complete off season and all the work that goes into it. There were probably guys coming out of the 2019 season that were told, hey, we need you to put on 22 pounds. We need you to gain uh, X amount of or we need you to get to this body fat. We need you to gain this amount of speed. And these guys have been working their butts off to gain the weight, get the speed so that they can, you know, grab the start. Now they're learning that that was all for naught. And and I I do know that they're talking about eligibility in spring football. I would put spring football at maybe 8% chance. And I would put universities allowing these seniors to return with eligibility. It might be high, but the university's choosing to follow through with that, probably low. And if they do it, <clears throat> that means there's going to be scholarship adjustments so others will lose their scholarships. Or that's – I don't know how they expand it. So that that's going to be a big topic. But, Gordon, it's, it's, it's all based off of where they're at in their college careers. But I can tell you, if this was my junior year, I, I would be beyond devastated. If this was coming into my senior year, I needed that senior film to – to become an NFL player and I needed to be an NFL player to be an on-air host <laughs> and I, I needed to be I, I needed all of these things to find financial stability so I'm I'm sickened by what some of these the reality some of these guys are starting to face today can I, 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 sorry, sorry G can I just butt in here for one second I'll follow up on something Hans said there you said you didn't know how they would 
expand the scholarships. They have to expand them, don't they? If if, if the schools are going to do what the Pac-12 and the Big Ten have been saying, that they're, no one's going to lose their scholarship over it, you can't. You can't just keep those scholarships in place but not include the next class coming in, can you? They're going to have to adjust that. Yeah, you you would think that they would, but I don't know how many universities can take on that cost or will take on that cost, and I don't know how many will take on that inflated roster. You know, the the thing that I proposed on Twitter, and I know this is harsh, but it's where college sports is getting to, and, you know, if, if players want to be treated like a business and make money like a business, then this is where we're headed. And that is a complete reevaluation of a roster. And one of my biggest issues with paying players is you've got about 15 or 20 guys out of 85 scholarships that will never really contribute to a team's winning success or, or losing. They'll, they'll just be a scout, a scout team participant. So throw them back on the field run an evaluation process, the seniors are sorry, the juniors and seniors that aren't going to be contributors, maybe they lose their scholarships. You hold them over for your 18 or 22 that are being introduced as freshmen and, and bring your, your seniors back. But I don't think you can inflate and and grow most universities that that's just going to be overbearing um, and, and very difficult to do. I'm not saying they can't Gordon. I'm just saying, I don't know if they'll choose to do that. Um, Hans Olsen with us. And Hans, i got to tell you, one thing that bugs me about this, and here's my personal bias I'll introduce into this question, and then uh, I think you'll see where I'm going, is I do not believe that football players specifically are safer from the coronavirus because of this decision. So let me ask you this question. How would your behavior be as a 21-year-old, 20-year-old Hans Olsen, if you had a football season to protect and play for and be tested regularly as opposed to how would your behavior be if you didn't have a football season to worry about, weren't being tested uh, uh, regularly and uh, um, didn't have that uh, team motivation to mm, think about when you were making decisions? 100% 100% polar opposites of each other. And I know I joke about this, and and I think I've, maybe I've joked about this with Scotty, just saying, hey, look, you're in college, and you're going you're gonna to be crazy regardless if there's a virus out there or not, regardless if you're a college football player or not. You're going to be crazy. But when I think back to my junior and senior year and what those minutes and those reps meant to me and what those seasons meant to me, just a, a simple scare of a season going away would have been enough for me to restrict myself as much as I possibly could and, and to wear a mask and to be as careful as I possibly could. Um, right now, every one of these NCAA athletes is watching Major League Baseball, and they're going through issues, and names are, are present. You know, th- this, um, this pitcher for the Cleveland Indians he put his entire team in jeopardy and his name is out there and his identity is out there and he could wreck this team and he could possibly derail major league baseball <clears throat> as a, as a college athlete watching all of this, understanding what it all meant to me, <clears throat> how important the season was. And then having the coaches place the importance and the health physicians placing the importance on a daily basis, by the way, you guys, if you knew the protocol that these BYU players are going through every day to be out on the field practicing, I mean, it is daily protocol. 
And there is identification tags that they wear to show that they went through the protocol to be on the field. And they have to follow protocol off the field in order to be on the field. So, Jake, polar opposites. To your question, polar opposites. If you gave me an option, if you said, oh, nope, season's off, I'm acting completely different than if season was on. So let me just simplify it then. Do you think as a player you'd be at greater risk for contracting the coronavirus, uh, being with your team and playing a different, equally careful team for three and a half hours a week or the, what, eight to 12 hours you'd spend a week at Club Omni with people who weren't so careful? <laughs> oh, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure that the, the Omni would have about 98% transmission. Yeah. Yeah, like so too. It, it, you know, and, and when I when I danced at the Omni, we had this uh, we had this thing called. Uh, no, you know, I'm. <laughs> we did the Macarena. You I guess did. you could socially distance doing the Macarena. Or the boot scoot and boogie, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I I I can tell that's a rhetorical question. Um, obviously, you're going to be much more in jeopardy. You know, when you're off the field and away from any type of structure. Although, Hans, you're thinking like the mature man that you are right now. When you, If you were transported back in time, I know you don't want to get in the way of your football, but you're still a 21-year-old knucklehead. Yeah, I am. And, you know, Gordon, you think back to it, and, and I know I talk about eating all the time, but I had eating restrictions <laughs> at the college level and, and certainly at the NFL level. You know, there were a certain amount of calories and there were certain needs for weight gain and weight loss. And and guess what? It pertained to my health and it pertained to my ability to play the game. So I followed it. Um, There there are all kinds of uh, requirements for lifting. And I didn't like to lift. I hated it. But I had to do it in order to be a good football player, in order to have my season and be a starter. And then the other thing I'll tell you, Gordon, when Lavelle looks at you and says, hey, we need you to do this, if you got say a coach that he, you respect... Say, say it the way he would. Okay, come on in here. No, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't hardly do Lavelle's voice anymore. I used to be able to do it. But yeah. Lavelle would pull us in and he would say, hey, we need everybody to... Now I'm starting... I, that's, I think that's more Gordon than it is Lavelle. But... <laughs> I think my Gordon and my Lavelle, I'm just realizing my Gordon and my Lavelle are about the same. Um, if, if, if Lavelle is looking at you and said, we really need you all to pay attention because our, our season relies on it, we would have done it, Gordon. So, Hans, what do you think is going to happen now that the Big Ten has jumped in with this, the Pac-12 and then, you know, the Mountain West and, and the MAC and others, but – What's going to happen? Are, are, is there a possibility that the SEC and the ACC really will play football and nobody else? Oh, very much a possibility. And BYU will play right along with them. I know for a fact that BYU is preparing and planning on their opening kickoff against Navy as we speak. They're in practice and they're in preparations. And their focus is Navy and it's ESPN and it is that opening kickoff. That is their focus, that is their plan, and that is what they are doing currently. Until Navy calls it off or until somebody tells them you can't do this any longer, they have the protocols in place that they feel have made their players safe, and they are continuing to prepare. And that is exactly what the ACC and SEC teams are doing. 
They're going to prepare for, for their kickoff. But if the SEC is going to play only SEC teams and the ACC is only going to play ACC teams, who is BYU going to play? I think the ACC did a plus one, didn't they? I think, um, and the AAC has the AAC has not announced their uh, they have not announced their seasons canceled. Where where you've got Houston on the list and now opening with Navy, and the ACC is probably going to need a couple of other opening partners. I saw UMass canceled out, but you yeah. could still go to some of these independents, <clears throat> Liberty being one of them. <clears throat> Gordon, there's still a chance of playing the same team twice. And I'm not saying BYU is going to get to 12, but I'm telling you if BYU can get to 8 or 10, they're going to get to 8 or 10 and try. And I don't think they shut it down until until everybody else is shut down and they have to. Hans, what do you think about this idea for you and me? I'm I'm with you. We can do it this fall. ACC pre and post game shows. Let's do it. Oh man, I'm so on board with this, man. Even if I got to be the Virginia Tech flagship, man, I, I don't it. even I don't even care. That'd be, we'll roll, that'd be, bro. Hans, that'd be intolerable. <laughs> oh, be amazing. Man. Let's do it. I, I just need it in my life. Me too. Buddy. Buddy. Me too. I, I I do think we're gonna have some college football. I, I think that it's it's going to be altered and different and look weird. and I, I don't know what happens with Ohio State and Nebraska. You know, they're talking about separating, and they've got leverage and power. Maybe they get out of Big Ten requirements, and maybe they are able to find some level of independence and move around for a, a, a single year. But I, I feel like we're going to see some. I just don't know what it's going to look like. Thanks, Hans. Uh, we'll be listening tomorrow. Thanks, buddy. All right. Thanks, guys. It's our friend Hans Olsen, uh, Scotty and Hans, 10 to 2 right here on the Zone Radio Network. Uh, we'll get to more coming up next. We've got Keith Smith, top of the 4 o'clock hour, Kevin Graham at 4.30, Bowler at 5, 97.5 and 12.80 of the Zone.